We would like to acknowledge the Yagara people and the Turrbal people as the traditional custodians of Mianjin, the land on which we record this podcast today. We pay our respects to elders past, present and emerging, always was, always will be Aboriginal land. to do like past life regression so I went to this like past life healer who told me that I'd been like burnt in a fire my hair and head had been like burnt on and that's why like in every life forward I was going to have hair issues with my hair so I did all this kind of stuff I mean who knows like honestly I tried everything <laughs> you really did you went even down the full spiritual level yeah, that's fascinating <laughs> all the woo-woo stuff yeah <laughs> Welcome to Keep It Gentle Podcast. I'm Zana. And I'm Jessica. And we have an amazing, sexy, spicy episode again for for you today. Obviously, as we do every week, we actually have the OG guest on our podcast today. She is someone who was on our very first episode of Keep It Gentle, back when we were recording on our floor, over Zoom, when we barely had microphones with the tiniest little interface ever that we recorded everything on. And she's back for, I think this is episode 61 or 62. Yep. Almost a year or just over a year later, six, you know, six weeks. And she's guest spoken though on so she many has. episodes. Like you'll probably recognize her voice because she's yeah. guest spoken on so many episodes because yeah. she's just, she's just such, such a cool chick to yes. talk to, isn't she? Yeah. And we're talking about none other than Nikita. She is a traveling midwife, which is where Jess met Nikita. They have been friends for quite a long time now. They met um, doing travel contracts. Um, as you guys know, we are also travel nurses and, you know, go around the country and work and nurse and all these things. So the bonds that you create when you're on these travel contracts are just like no other, really. They bonded from the first second and became besties. Um, and she's just a, a crack up. She's a great chatterbox. She loves being vulnerable. She loves chatting about, you know, cool topics yep. um, like we like to talk about. So um, Nikita's actually got alopecia, which is what this episode's going to be about. We did speak about that with her on the first episode uh, that we ever did, but we kind of focus out more on travel nursing. So she did only touch a little bit on alopecia. Um, however, obviously it's been over a year now since that beginning journey. So she's, she's had a lot happen to her between then and now. Um, and we kind of just go through the story of how that's happened. So if anyone wants to go back and kind of get a bit of a, more of a backstory, go back to episode one. I can't tell you the ep- audio is going to be good on that one. No, but, it's um, so long ago. It's but so it, crazy. But you can go and hear how we, you know, started this whole thing. So if you want to go back and to listen to that one before this or after this, feel free to do that. Um, but Nikita does kind of go over what happened and how this kind of has transpired for her through her life. She's obviously had a lot of vulnerable, vulnerable things happen to her. It's a very vulnerable thing to, you know, get diagnosed with alopecia at such a young age and have to deal with that um, through high school and dating and relationships and all that type of stuff. So she really is a pioneer for the alopecia community and is really putting herself out there and being extremely vulnerable in her situation and really reaching a lot of people because I think a lot of people don't really talk about this stuff. People don't talk about the hard stuff. So she's really talking about the hard stuff mm-hmm. and she has an amazing TikTok as well, which we're going to put in the show notes. She really goes through her entire journey um, and very vulnerably shows her hair with alopecia and her journey now to getting a topper, which is basically kind of like a half a wig um, that she's got that she wears, you know, daily now. Um, can't even tell she even wears a wig. So no. we can't wait for you guys to watch this and see this and hear this episode because it is bloody epic. But before we get into it, we obviously need to share our spill the teas for this week. Oh, yeah, always. Did you want to go first? Yeah, <laughs> may as well. So 
yeah, by the way, the episode was just so good. Like, I'm yeah. still like just on a high from doing that recording because <laughs> it was just such a such an epic topic. Um, so I had a weird week. <laughs> like, mm. I, like my week was okay, and then it came to like Thursday, and I was at Zana's house actually because now we don't live together. Crazy. Yeah. Um, and I, I remember describing it. I had like pain in my stomach. And I was like, and me and Zana are very open with each other about every aspect of our life, like as in, you know, poo, farts, bombs, like every aspect of life. And I said to Zana, I remember I described to her, and this is what I told the doctor the next day, Mm. I was like, I feel like I have a spiky poo. (laughs) (laughs) And she was like, oh, really? And I was like, well, I'm like, the pain is like right in my pelvis area. I was like, maybe it's just like a poo that just won't come out because it's so spiky or something. And that's how I described it. Weird as hell, I know. Yeah. Anyway, Friday it started getting worse and I was just like messaging Zana and I was like, you know, I don't feel like this is a spiky poo anymore. I was like, I feel like it's just like right in my pelvis area. Mm. Um, and I kind of tried to diagnose myself because we're nurses and we like to do that. So yeah. I just like told myself, I'm like, I have a bladder infection. So I went to the pharmacy and I was like, I would like trimethoprim and I would like ural and I just fully diagnosed myself. Um, and then the pharmacist was like, it just doesn't sound like a UTI, right? Mm. And I was like... I want it to be a UTI. I don't want it to be anything else. So long story short, saw the doctor. I had to have an urgent scan. And turns out that I had a cyst burst on my ovary. <laughs> I mean, we're close. <laughs> Definitely not a spiky poo. <laughs> Definitely not a spiky poo. And then I said to the doctor, I was just like – as she was pushing on my belly, I was like, do you reckon it's a poo? And she's like, this is definitely not. And I was like, what if, <laughs> I go, what if it's like trapped gas? Because I was like, I don't want to go to ED and be embarrassed and think there's something wrong with me. And it's just like trapped gas or something. She's like, no, this is definitely feeling like ovary related. Mm. And yeah, she was bang on. Yeah. And so I had the shittest weekend ever. I was forced to bed rest and just chill. And I don't like that. Yeah, I'm you not do about not that. Like that, I become a very grumpy motherfucker when it comes to having to yeah. be forced to sit still. So I did that. Anyone and, um, or anything has changed Jess's plans? Mm-mm, better watch out. And I, I had some <laughs> plans. You know, I had plans that weekend. Yeah, but yes, you did. I'm on the mend now. It's fine. I've got yeah, to have lots of follow up tests though. Apparently, my scans have shown that I've got big, bulky cyst-filled mm. ovaries. So, yeah, I'll sort that out, you know, in, yeah. a, week, oh, in a week or two. I'll get some, <laughs> get some tests done. We don't want any more cyst-bursting, sorry. Yeah, yeah. Maybe sort so, that out ASAP. Wild week mm. for me. Uh, what's going on with you, Zana? Well, mine's about my upcoming weekend, not mm. my past weekend. So I'm Nothing actually, poo-related? No. Nothing poo-related. No. no, I haven't had any severe poo stories apart from my poo turning black. Um, but that's just because I've been taking a supplement that has iron in it. So that means yeah. that's kind of well, I've been drinking a lot of green juice and mine's turning green, <laughs> which is what me and Zana talk about well, all the time. Um, but no, mine's actually related to the weekend coming up. So it's Judy's birthday on Friday. Your fiance. Yay. <laughs> and we're actually going to go see M. Carrie. It's a last, oh. it's her last day of her book tour, which is crazy. She just randomly did this last um thing in the Gold Coast, and it's at this Miami Marquetta, which is where we went for actually to go see um, Reese Maston because Judy oh loves God. Reese Maston. We went and saw I his concert, you went concert there. And it's just, it's actually such a cool place, and the fact that it's there is even cooler. It's like a it's like a like alleyway with all these kind of cool food trucks and food stalls and stuff. So nice. you can like eat and drink and sit down. Um, I actually don't really know what the evening's going to entail. You just literally buy well, a ticket. It doesn't say anything maybe, online. Maybe tell the listeners like who Emma Carey is. Oh, yeah. So I mean, we obviously don't know. know. Emma Carey um, is the girl who fell from the sky. And if you still don't know, you need to look it up right now because yeah. you should know by this it's point. It's a wild story. <laughs> um, Emma Carey is, I guess, now an influencer on Instagram, but it kind of came about from the fact that she had a fall. Um, a a many, fall? Well, not a fall. Was it a fucking fall? I'll get to it. Many years ago, um, but she had a skydiving accident. Um, it was the first time she ever skydived. Mm-hmm. And the guy that she um, 
sky tandem skydived with mm-hmm. there was some malfunction in the um in the pulling system or well, yeah. not not a malfunction actually he's got supposed to have i think don't get me don't hold the story against me because i've only just read the book i remember yeah it's like i he remember pulled the thing at the exact time that the emergency one was supposed to come yeah. off so they tied themselves so he together. did it too late so they yes. have a watch on their wrist and they're supposed to do it at a certain and amount of time that and day. he forgot the watch yeah. so he just kind of had to estimate but he pulled the parachute at the exact same time that the emergency parachute activated like next to impossible to yes. get that exact second yeah. and it knocked him out as well he actually yes, got so wrapped knocked, around his neck yeah he got knocked unconscious so she's skydiving right and the parachute's gone up he's knocked unconscious and she's kind of like wow we're not really slowing down and they just they plummeted weren't. to the ground and she took the full brunt of the entire like fall. yeah yeah it's yeah. a fall i guess yeah a fall <laughs> from the sky a girl who fell from yeah. the sky but yeah she's got like she can still walk and everything but she's got this really interesting kind of yeah. spinal cord injury yeah. so she's like lost bowel and bladder function um she originally couldn't walk but now she can walk but then she has no sensation on her feet she's got legs. no sensory function but she has motor yeah. function it's very it's, it's very unique so unique but her story is amazing and she's extremely inspiring and yeah she wrote a book called the girl who fell from the sky which i'm just about to finish i've got like two chapters left so i need to finish it before i go on friday um but it's just so extremely inspiring and the way she writes is awesome it just makes you really take your life well, not take your life for granted and appreciate every single day because you never know what could happen and you know the way she's the way she's grown from such a horrible thing that's happened to her is bloody incredible she's made so many you know differences in so many people's lives and she's just an epic person so she is. if you haven't looked her up look her up if you haven't you know listened to podcasts with her in it listen to them because it's yeah. it's super fascinating and like secretly like we really i'm not even secretly i'm putting it out there we want her on the podcast well, so I mean, bad. she's gonna come and talk to us uh on friday so i'll be, try my best oh, look you slide you slide right in there <laughs> i'll try my best and you'll be like oh, i'm zona from keep you doing podcast <laughs> judy, judy was already like we need to go buy um keep you doing up t-shirts like today we need to go with keep you doing up t-shirts <laughs> on i was like i think that's a little bit pushy a little bit too much she we only have just rock yeah. up with your coffee mug and just be like, Keith, you do not mug. I brought my own mug. <laughs> Can you sign my mug? Oh, oh, by the way, this is my podcast. Oh, that's sly. Yeah. That's sneaky. I could do that. Just try. Just try your best. But yes, stay tuned. Hopefully get her on the podcast because oh, that'd be epic. Fingers crossed. I've messaged her in the past. So if she ever does listen to this, I did message. Yeah. <laughs> we do try and get some epic guests for you guys because like yeah. one, we want to interview them because we think they're fucking awesome yeah. but then two it's like we want to provide good content like i slide into people's dms constantly and majority mm. of the time they're down yeah but the one guy that's not replying to me still actually forgot his name but he's the guy that um produced autism on the spectrum oh love What's on it? the spectrum no, autism on the spectrum love on the spectrum. love on the spectrum yeah, the yeah. autism one yeah and um i love him so much and he's not like watching my things Mm, not we'll responding get him. to me we'll get him you i'll get know. you i'll bloody get you because i love love on the spectrum so much yeah. it's like my favorite show ever i know i didn't know what it was called but i do it's a great show it Such is a, a great good show. show and I'll, I'll keep sliding to the dms mm. i'll get him all right well we hope you guys enjoyed this episode um and we hope you're having a festive and happy holiday season mm-hmm. um we hope your christmas tree's up and uh you got your presents under the tree Ho, ho, ho. Who would have their presents? It's like the beginning of December, you crazy person. By, this, by the time this comes out, it's going to be December. So your Christmas tree should be up. Golly goodness. <laughs> All right, guys. All right. Enjoy. Bye. Hey, 
everybody. Now is the time that we finally have this beautiful hot goddess with us. Yay. Now, Nikita's actually been on so many episodes already of Keep Your Gin Up, so she's definitely um, become one of the regulars and one of our yeah. favorite uh, guests ever. So welcome, Nikita. Thanks. Thanks for having me again. You do look a, a little bit different, I must say, um, from our last <laughs> previous episodes, but we'll definitely dive into that shortly. Um, first of all, where are you? You're in somewhere completely amazing. Yes. I am in Cradle Mountain right now. Oh, beautiful. And that's in Tasmania? Yeah, yeah. Excellent. So I want to dive straight into your spill the tea. Give it to us, girl. You've told us some hilarious spill the teas over the times. <laughs> They've been a mixture of sexual ones, uh, funny ones, embarrassing ones. What kind of genre are we going for now? Well, thinking back on all my spill the tea, I've, I've realized that they've entirely been sexual. There's not one spill the tea <laughs> that I have had that's not been sexual. And uh, and I was struggling to find one that that um, wasn't sexual, but I figure I want to do like a an alopecia related one, seeing as that's what we're talking about today. So my fill the tea is about it's very recent actually because my whole journey with alopecia and and deciding to wear toppers has been very um, recent, but. Uh, when I arrived in Tasmania only three and a half weeks ago, it was my very first time that I had to travel with my new topper. And one of the things, one of my beautiful accessories I get with my topper is a mannequin head, which is quite realistic. It's like, it's got makeup and lipstick and it's like a little painted face. Like it looks like a little person. Um, and she, that's where my lovely Sophia sits every night. She sleeps on her mannequin head. And so I had to travel through the airport with my mannequin head and I was really, really nervous to go through airport security. One, because I was worried that my topper would set the airport security, um, you know, alarms off and I have to take it off in front of everyone. And so I was focusing on that. But two, what I'd forgotten about was that I had this human head basically in my bag. (laughs) And so I was worried about going through airport security. I walk through the body scanner. I get through and I'm like, oh, thank God I didn't set the alarms off. And I'm standing there waiting for my bag. And then I remember that I've got this head in my bag. I'm shitting myself because I'm thinking, fuck, this guy's going to be like, look at me, like what the hell's up with like Mrs. Jeffrey Dahmer over here with a human head. (laughs) So I'm just standing there staring at the screen. And and it's at this time that I realized that we are so tunnel visioned as human beings that we only look for what we're looking for. And obviously he's looking for bombs and drugs and whatever. And so I watch him, his face while my bag comes along the screen and you can just see this like side profile of this head coming through the screen. And it's very much a head. There's like lips and (laughs) eyes and a nose. He's just like blank face. Like he doesn't even register that it's a head or he doesn't even care that it's a head. He's just seen that there's like no drugs in it or it's not an explosive or something. And it's just, my bag just comes through and I just pick it up and I'm just gobsmacked that I managed to get a head through security and nothing came of it. Wow. That is pretty wild because what if that is a real head? Like it just made me think, can you like chop up body parts and put them in, you know, how do they know? Well, I think they look for, like, there's certain things that the machine obviously picks up. And maybe, I don't bones? Know, maybe, Would yeah. it look at bones, do you maybe. think? <laughs> maybe. Because yeah. what if that was a real yeah. fucking head? <laughs> that just made me I think. Oh. bones are showing. <laughs> see an x-ray, Jess. You're a nurse. True, true. It will mm. come up yeah, with some It'll some be a hollow head. There'll be no brain in there. It's yeah, just... true. So he was obviously like, must be a mannequin. It's not fucking real. Yeah. He's like, obviously seen it many times before that it hasn't, you know, phased him. That's great. He's always had a lot of sex dolls and things I come think through. That's way less though. Yeah. Last time I came through, I had like a 
handbag strap and he was like what is this like what's what's in your bag like and I was just like, it's just like a handbag strap, like a spare strap. And he was like, oh, okay. And I had to open my whole bag for that. So I'm like, really? A handbag strap? But you're mm. going to let it ahead through security? <laughs> oh, I always get caught with like knives and forks and stuff in my bags. Oh. They always pull me up and I'm like, oh, yeah, knife and fork again. <laughs> I always get like when they get the little, I don't know what it's called. It's like a wand. little brush. Yeah, a oh. little wand. And then they like kind of put it all over your body and kind of like. Because oh, they always. The bomb detector. Yeah, every time. It's, it's like I look. Yeah, I saw <laughs> I was like that or if I'm just like acting too like normal. I don't know what it is or I'm panicking deep down because every time it happens, I'm like, I I, I, I knew you were going to get me. Maybe you look like Cocaine Cassie. Yeah, maybe. Maybe that's why. Who's Cocaine Cassie? I don't know. She's some blonde person like all caught with cocaine and pretended it wasn't hers. But like she looks like a coke addict. (laughs) Maybe. Wow, that is gold. Well, at least you can tick that off the list. You've gone through airport security with Sophia. Mm -hmm. Love the name, by the way. How'd you come up with the name? Yes. I... I had lots of ideas of the name that I wanted to to give my new hair topper because it felt like taking on a whole new personality. And I was kind of like, I felt like a dominatrix. Like I felt like I was like putting on a wig and I was just like a whole new personality. And I've never been properly blonde before. Like I've tried to go blonde in my hair to not cope with it because of my alopecia. It just doesn't um, cope very well with being dyed or anything like that. Um, so I've never been able to get my hair kind of blonde before. And I have memories when I was growing up of like all the cute little girls at school that had blonde hair used to be called Sophie. And I thought, so it'd be such like a cute blonde name. But then I was like, it's a, it's a cute name. Like I want something a little bit more grown up and a little bit more exotic. So I was like, Sophia, that's, mm. that's her name. Yeah, it's a hot name. I do yeah, like it. It's like Sophia, but yes yes that's exactly what I had in my head as well yeah so good nice so I'd love to like dive deep and we actually have done our our very very first Mm -hmm. episode on keep your gin up Nikita was actually our guest speaker and it was like a travel nursing kind of episode and that's why Nikita's in Tasmania she's on a contract in Tassie um but we brushed a little bit about your alopecia journey just very slightly but now we're going to do this whole episode on it because especially you've gone through some big humongous life-changing moments um, can you bring us back to the beginning about how you actually got diagnosed with alopecia? Like how that actually, I know you were quite a young age, kind of, yeah, take us back to the beginning. So I was diagnosed when I was 17 and I it was basically like a flippant comment from a family member that made me realize that I had, my hair was thinning. So I was 17 and my uncle made a joke like, oh, I can see your scalp through your hair. Like you're obviously getting old and stressing and your hair's falling out. And um, I was like, oh, what a dick. Like he's just being an uncle. And then I started looking at my hair and I was like, oh my God, my hair is falling out. So that was very distressing as a 17 year old. Um, and I went to a GP and he was basically like, look, it could be anything. It could be the pill. It could be your antidepressants, could be anything. Um, I got seen by a dermatologist and had the whole array of testing. So they do blood tests and scalp samples and hair samples and all of that. And essentially in the absence of any other cause, you get diagnosed with androgenic alopecia, which is, alopecia caused by excessive androgens or excessive testosterone so it's essentially male pattern balding but in a female wow so you got to go through that whole journey Mm. and then you actually don't get a proper diagnosis it's just like if they can't figure out what it is you get that diagnosis is that kind of how it is wow yeah yeah and is there like lots of different types of alopecia because i know you always talk about your specific type but is there there's like quite a few types isn't there yeah, there's lots of different types. So there's like um, 
alopecia universalis, alopecia totalis, alopecia areata, and they're all like different types of alopecia. So um, alopecia areata is uh, often where people lose like big patches of hair and then the, their hair where it, it's normally growing is really thick. Um, there's other types of alopecia that's caused from like stress, like trachelomania, where people pull their hair out, um, lots of different types. So it, they can, it can be caused by like hormonal imbalances, stress, fungal infections, lupus, um, severe mineral deficiencies, and anything like that that you can get a diagnosis for and you can reverse that and treat that, you can kind of reverse the process of the hair loss. But with the androgenic alopecia, there is no cure. There's a lot of management strategies that you can use um, and treatment options like minoxidil and Rogaine, things like that, but essentially they only keep your hair growing while you're using them. So as soon as you stop taking them, your hair falls out again. That must be pretty heavy for, you know, a 17-year-old to experience. You know, you're being told that, one, you have alopecia and your hair's falling out, and two, you there's no explanation for why and we can't reverse it and that's permanent basically and something that may continue forever or stop at this point and, you know, stay the same. How, how mm-hmm. was that feeling, like, I guess, being diagnosed so young and kind of knowing that your future was ahead of you and, you know, those really important years were ahead of you? But you were just kind of given this, you know, blare diagnosis, you know? Yeah, it was pretty shit. Yeah. Um, and because I was 17, so I was I was just like a high school student. I wasn't working. I didn't have a lot of money. Um, so going to the specialist appointment, like – with this dermatologist, it was like a $300 appointment for basically like 10, 15 minutes, you know? So then at the end of that, for him to say, look, there's only a few treatment options. None of them are going to fix the problem. And one of them is not even an option for you because it's a hormone blocking treatment. So we don't recommend it for women of childbearing age because it can Mm. cause birth, like, um, sorry, birth defects if you choose to have children in the future. Um, And the other one is hugely expensive. So he gave me a script for minoxidil or Rogaine and I went to the pharmacy to get it filled and it was going to be $300 and I did not have $300. I just spent $300 on going to see him. So I did not have that kind of money as a 17-year-old. Goodness me. That is wild. And does that last you a month? Like what's the 300 bucks getting you? Is it a month's supply? I can't remember because it was so long ago. I felt like it was maybe maybe three months, maybe six months. I'm not sure. But, um, yeah, it was like it was, it was when I was 17, so it was like 14 years ago. So I can't 100% remember, but it was definitely more money than I had to spend on it at the time. That wow. is just so much money. Yeah. Like, Jesus, I've never paid anything like that for a script. Yeah, Ooh. I know. And you talk about it like, you know, you having higher testosterone levels. Did they come to that conclusion without doing tests and then you did the test and kind of confirmed that or was that something they did before and then they gave you the diagnosis of that? So the tests that they did were to rule out things like severe iron deficiency, um, taking like skin and scalp samples to check for like fungal infections, things like that, and and nothing else came up. So there was no – all my blood work was normal, so there was no diagnosable reason. Um, so he, he basically said to me, has anyone in your family ever like – had their hair thin or hair loss and I said well yeah obviously because like you know when your parents get old or whatever like my father's hair was thinning he's like well there you go it's androgenic alopecia I said surely everyone has got a family member that has had like that has lost their hair or has had hair thinning at some point in their later adult life most parents or grandparents they have thinning hair when they get older but um yeah the dermatologist said look 
your father's got thinning hair and we can't have, we can't diagnose anything else. All your blood works normal. So in the absence of anything else and with a family history of male pattern balding, your diagnosis is androgenic alopecia. Wow. And then, and how much does like stress or other things, you know, that lifestyle things affect that as well? Did he kind of say anything about how anything else in your life could kind of contribute to it, even though they can't really test for it? Uh, yes. He said there was limited research out there that said that some um, hormonal contraceptive pills could cause some hair loss, that there was limited research about how some antidepressants could cause hair loss. I'd been on both of those as a teenager as well. Um, but yeah, I mean, those weren't things that you could test in a blood test. That wasn't something that he could diagnose. Um, that being said, when I came off my antidepressants, nothing changed with my hair and I changed my contraceptive pills a few times. So I tried an anti-androgenic pill, which is what they put people with PCOS on because um, that um, regulates testosterone. So funnily enough, PCOS and androgenic alopecia are the same hormone imbalance, but for people with PCOS, they get excessive hair growth and for people with alopecia, their hair falls out. Wow. So- <laughs> Interesting. Yeah. So do you have hair fall out in any other place or is it only your head? I wish. <laughs> I was going to say, I wouldn't have thought of that. <laughs> so does it look like you've had legs? I like, so I have no moustache. I don't even have to shave my legs ever. I think mean, that would be nice. That would be nice. Would that be? I could almost tolerate it if I never had to pay for laser or anything like that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, dear. So from being diagnosed, obviously you were 17 and now you're in your early 30s. Talk to us about like the journey that you kind of went through. So I know you've tried a bazillion different treatments yeah. um, and you tried natural things, medications, like the whole works. Do you want to talk to us about that? Yeah. So after I realized that minoxidil was not an option for me financially, I tried a whole bunch of weird and wonderful natural alternatives. My nan is a naturopath. So originally I went on a natural thyroid tonic. Um, and so having like hypothyroidism can be a cause for hair loss and my thyroid tests came back normal. Um, but she said like, you know, let's give it a go because sometimes your thyroid can be slightly underactive and it's not to the level where it picks up on medical testing. So I tried this natural thyroid tonic and that actually worked for about six months. My hair completely grew back um, and I was really, really happy and I thought this is it. Like I found the cure and then even though I kept using it, my body stopped responding to it and my hair all fell out again. So well, didn't all fall out, but back to the level it was. Um, so that stopped working. I just tried a whole bunch of other natural um, medications. I did acupuncture. Uh, I tried like all sorts of weird and wonderful things. So there's like alternative stuff out there, like using onion juice or rosemary oil or all sorts of different things on your hair. So I tried all those weird things. I even went as far as to do like past life regression. So I went to this like past life healer who told me that I'd been like burnt in a fire and my hair and head had been like burned uh, and that's why like in every life forward I was going to have hair issues with my hair so I did all this kind of stuff I mean who knows like honestly I tried everything <laughs> you really did you went even down the full spiritual level yeah there. that's fascinating <laughs> all the woo-woo stuff yeah, yeah. you've never told me that yeah. story that is hilarious <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna say I know all yeah. your stories yeah. but I didn't know about that one 
Maybe you're a witch in your past life. Yeah. Or something. Yes. I'm just a things though. I mean, like I come from a weird family, so that's okay. And then when I became a midwife and I had like a disposable income, I decided I was going to try minoxidil because that was, you know, the gold standard, the expensive one. Um, but by the time that I tried that, my hair loss was so advanced that I essentially couldn't be patient enough for it to work. So the way that minoxidil works is it's like a foam that you massage into your scalp every night. Um, and because I was using hair concealing powders, um, I would have had to like wash and dry and like put my hair powder in every morning. And then, you know, every night when I like washed that out to then massage the minoxidil in and then do the same thing every morning. So it was becoming really high maintenance. Um, and so I just stay with my hair concealing powders because I would just wash and dry my hair, put my hair loss concealing powder in, and then that would be me for the week. And I would just wash and dry my hair once a week and I could kind of just manage it like that. And I wore it up most of the time, but that was, you know, that was, there wasn't a, a solution that was a, a veil essentially like it was just hiding it and that had its own issues with it as well because it would come off on all my pillowcases and on my clothes um like it would yeah so that was really embarrassing when I would like sleep over at people's houses or whatever I would end up getting all this powder all over their pillowcases and yeah so that wasn't a great solution but it was a solution where I could leave the house and not be so paranoid about people looking at my bald spots anymore yeah and I remember when we spoke to you last you weren't at the stage that you are now and you weren't, you know, ready to take that next step to get a wig or a topper like you have now. How has obviously time changed from when we spoke to you last when you were using, you know, the dyes and the powders and all those things to try and cover up, um, I guess, aesthetically cover it up? How has that changed from then to now to make that decision that, you know, now I'm ready to take the step and, you know, actually get a wig and something that I can, you know, permanently put on my head when I leave the house and, you know, take that huge step. It's obviously a huge financial step as well, which we spoke about in that first episode because it's obviously very expensive. So how did you get to that decision? Um, a few different factors. One, I am going back to study next year. And so I know that I'm going to be a poor student for the next couple of years. So I figured if I was going to do something now would be the time to do it while I can afford to, to do it. And I worked out how much money I was spending on my hair loss concealing powders, my shampoos, and conditioners and all the things that I've been doing to try and fix my alopecia or to try and conceal my alopecia. Um, and I was spending like about $1,500 to $2,000 a year on all these products. So I thought even if I carried on doing what I'm doing, I, that's still going to be a huge financial burden as a student. So if I just bite the bullet and get a topper now, it's going to only be a little bit more expensive than what I'm already spending. And it's going to last a couple of years if I get a good quality one and look after it. So that was the main like factor that kind of pushed me towards that. But I'd also been following the salon on Instagram for a few years. And I made the decision that when I went to South Australia for a contract that I would go and see this beautiful stylist at the, um, at the salon that I just thought was, she was amazing. Um, whether or not I was ready to get a hairpiece at that time, I like made a pact with myself that I would go to the salon and see what it was all about. And so, yeah, that had been kind of weighing in the back of my mind for a long time. And when I got this contract in South Australia, I was like, right, I'm going. And then I was like, nah, I'm just, I'm just going to do it. I'm sick of letting this like rule my life. And you know, I'm just going to get a hairpiece because who knows when I'll get back to the salon again. So there's no point going there and, and like half-assing it. I'm just going to go for it. So awesome. I yeah. love that so much because 
Like I watched, you got a TikTok, so we'll definitely put that in the show notes, but you've got a TikTok and you've, you've documented your whole journey and like that salon looks incredible. Like the, the way mm. that they kind of cared for you and they styled it and they matched everything so perfectly for you and your hair. Talk us through the process of actually how you kind of chose your wig and kind of helped create it. So the first process was I just kind of called them and said, hey, this is what I'm looking to do. And they asked me to send some photos of my hair because I was only going to Adelaide for the week. I had to be like, they had to have some stuff in that that I could choose from. I couldn't, it couldn't be like a lengthy process because I was going there for the week and I needed to be sorted within the week. So I sent them photos of my hair, told them kind of what I was looking for, sent them photos of what I, um, like what I was hoping to achieve out of my hair, what kind of colors and length and all that I was looking for. Um, so that was all before I even went in. Then when I went in, it was like a two appointment process so the first appointment I went in um I had to go in with my hair in its natural state which is the first time I'd ever left the house without having hair powder in so I kind of washed and dried my hair and like put this little beanie on and like went like hid in my taxi and then like went into the salon um so that was fine and then they just had a look at my hair and we kind of discussed what I was wanting and I tried on a whole bunch of different hair pieces so they they get you to fill out forms about like what your price range is what what you're kind of wanting to be able to achieve with your hair so they know whether like synthetic hair or human hair is best for you um and then I just tried on a whole bunch of different pieces ones that I liked until I found one that like felt comfy like different size caps different um bases so you can get like silk bases you can get lace bases you can get all sorts of different types so I just tried on one until I like heaps of them until I felt like one just was nice and I liked that one um and then we talked about like my color so we picked a color and then we she cut and colored my hair to match the color she was going to color my wig I went home and then she colored my wig that night and then I went back the next day and she put the wig on me that had been colored and then we kind of cut it and styled it from there she taught me how to wash it and like style it she gave me all the products because you've got to be really careful about what you use on human hair wigs because you don't want to damage the hair because it's obviously never going to grow back <laughs> so um like what I had to use on it how I had to style it all that kind of stuff um and yeah and then she gave me my little bag full of products my head my Sophia <laughs> and I was <really> laughing <laughs> oh my god I love it so good <laughs> talk us through the emotions of that day so you've obviously gone in and you're like wow I've just made this gigantic decision and then you've walked out of the salon like a new person mm. like a brand new person like basically Sophia you're not even Nikita anymore you're <laughs> Sophia now how did that feel like getting in the taxi and being like oh my god like Look at me. me. I look amazing. Yeah. It's wild because I thought I was going to go in and I was going to like cry and it was going to be really, really emotional. I was going to like grieve this last step in my hair loss process. But I always had this mental block where I thought when I get a wig, I'm going to have to shave my head and then have like a proper wig. I never really considered having a topper and being able to clip that into my like into my actual hair. So if I decide one day I don't want to wear it and I want to just put my hair loss powder in it and, you know, and wear my hair naturally, I can. Um, so that was a huge step to realize it didn't have to be like a huge one or the other. It could be like a, an interim. Um, so yeah, I, I felt like I was going to grieve and I was going to be really upset, but I went in there and I was just like, I could not get the smile off my face. Like I was so happy and everyone in the salon, like it's a woman's only hair loss salon. And 
So all the other women around me were like in the same situation and they were just, you know, I was trying on all these wigs and they were like, that one looks so good. Like you look so beautiful. Like everyone was just hyping each other up and it was just like such an amazing space. And I just felt so, so good. And I was just like over the moon. Like I was sad to leave. I was like, can I come back and get another one? (laughs) I want to stay further. (laughs) Oh, I love that. That's such a scary, you know, vulnerable experience. It's so nice that, you know, everyone in there is just cheering each other on and supporting each other. And it's like any, it's like anything that you do ever though you're always so nervous before you do it even though you know you're going to go in and have like you know a great experience and no one ever no one else is going to judge you like it's like when you go to a like a I don't know like a water park and you're worried that you're going to walk around in a bikini and everyone's going to stare at you but you never even look at anyone else it's just you're having so much fun there it's like you get so on your head about all these things and we all do we all do it's so good that they made that experience so awesome and all the ladies in there were so you know inspiring and motivating it's so nice I love it I love the TikTok that you made as well when you kind of documented the journey like I just I'm loving all your TikTok content at the moment especially because you've just been so open and vulnerable about kind of this huge part of your life. Yeah. I want to dive into like how you're feeling with like going into like dating. Cause obviously you're single, me and you, we've always been single gals together. <laughs> <laughs> how, how do you feel yeah. about the transition of, of, you know, obviously you've always had alopecia, but you used to do, you know, your powders and dyes and you used to have to, you know, tell guys you were dating about that. How do you feel about now telling them about a topper? Yeah, it's like a whole different set of challenges and dating with alopecia has always been challenging. Like just like I said about the hair powders and things, like I've had to broach that with people like, you know, when they're like, oh, what's that on on the like pillows? Like I had one guy once, we had like a, a hotel rendezvous or whatever and <laughs> I had my dark like, hair powder because my hair is naturally quite dark and, um, and he was like, like I thought I'd kind of like when he'd gone to the bathroom, I thought I'd like kind of brush it off, but obviously it kind of like, cause it's fibers, it like sinks into the fibers of the fabric. And so he was like, Oh, like, this is so weird. Like this is so gross. Like the, the pillow's gone moldy. Like this is like a nice hotel. Like why is this pillow moldy? I'm like, it's not moldy. Like it's just my hair. Oh my <laughs> so God. Like shitty things that have happened from my alopecia with dating and like, you know, all that stuff anyway, like when you're dating someone long-term, you obviously tell them, but like, I don't want to tell people that it's like, like a one night stand. Like I I don't want to divulge that shit to them. Like it's none of their business. Like, you know, keep your eyes on the prize. Like don't look at the pillow. (laughs) (laughs) Do not look at the pillow. um, Yeah. So, I mean, now obviously it's a whole different ball game and like I don't have to deal with any of that anymore but I am not meant to sleep in my wig because um you know it doesn't last as long if you sleep in it because it can get tangled and things like that um so like I'm I'm, I think I'm gonna have to go back to being like uh like a a slother and just kick guys out as soon as they're as soon as they're done not have sleep (laughs) anymore (laughs) I was gonna say that just be like look you're not staying over I don't think I got there yet. I'm not sure. I um I'm still nervous about like obviously no one's touched the hair except me, so I don't know if it feels like human hair to to someone that doesn't know that it's um a hair topper. So I kind of low key want to go and like do like like have a one night stand or something with someone and like see if they notice anything about my hair without me saying anything. But I'm also nervous about someone touching my hair and if they're like rough with it and it's like two thousand dollar hair i'd be like don't fucking touch my hair like yeah so there's definitely I'm, risks I'm involved in <laughs> mm. so how- i'm in two months there will be no hair pulling here yeah. <laughs> no hair pulling it's not my kink don't do it <laughs> how 
so I did watch briefly a little video you put on TikTok. So it's kind of got the it's got the little clips like when you have it those clipping extensions. Has it got that just on the front or does it go around like the whole lot of your hair? The whole lot. So it's just basically like a cap that goes right over the top. Um, and, yeah, so it's like a lace space at the front, um, which kind of simulates a part line, and then around the back's kind of like um, reinforced with other kind of sturdier fabric. And so there's um, seven clips that kind of clip in around the hair. Does that feel quite secure? Yeah, it does. Um like I can tell when I haven't put it in right. Like when I wear it down, you could probably just have two clips and it'd be fine. But when I wear it up for work, which I do most of the time, I do put all seven clips in. Um, and I can wear it in like a high pony, like putting pressure on the clips and it feels secure. Like it doesn't feel like it's going anywhere. Wow. You got to test the hair pulling <laughs> in the bedroom. Mm. I don't know because I think it's going to pull on my natural hair because my hair is holding it in place. So I'm also very careful about I don't want to – People talk about alternating the clips that you use so that you're not always clipping the same parts of your hair so that you don't cause traction alopecia by pulling on hair as well. So I certainly don't want to make my hair loss worse because if my hair loss gets worse, then I can't wear toppers anymore. I have to wear a wig because there'll be no hair to clip the topper into. Yeah. And when you were saying you were in the hair salon, they had to dye your hair to kind of match the wig. When you, I guess, are traveling around as a traveling midwife, how how kind of have you, or are you actually going to go back to New Zealand anyway, but how have you kind of planned that you're going to go and get your hair, you know, done and to be matched? Are you going to, are you going to go to specific salons that, you know, special, specialize in this so they know kind of how to dye it to that, to your topper, or are you going to just kind of go to hairdressers and then see, just kind of give them an idea of, of what color you want it to be? Well, we've kind of basically gone back to my natural color now. So the, the roots of this piece um, and my hair are the same color and it's basically my natural color. So I've had lots of different color in it because I've dyed it so many times over the years, but basically we've just dyed it straight back to my natural color now. So if, if I was to never get it dyed again, theoretically it should just stay like this and it would just kind of grow longer. Okay. That's cool. That's perfect. Yeah. You've made a great plan. <laughs> And you're yeah. going to save some great money as well over time. But I think it's just yeah. really amazing that you've been so open about this. Like with any kind of vulnerable topic, like speaking openly, other people that are kind of suffering in silence can watch those platforms like you do on TikTok and that and actually feel like, oh, my God, I'm not the only one. And they can listen to your journey and then make that decision to themselves if they want to go through. Some people might not even know about these dyes that you used to use and the powders. They might not even be exposed to that stuff or toppers. As you said, you thought you just had to kind of do a wig. You didn't even know that you could have a topper option. So I think it's bloody incredible that you speak so openly about it because it's going to be helping so many people hands down Mm. so many people yeah and I can imagine that first TikTok was very scary you know you obviously you share a lot of your life online already as we all do as you know travel nurses and midwives but to share something so vulnerable about yourself and we've obviously talked about on podcast and you've talked about it to you know you did the news article recently and you spoke to the, the press about it um but actually like putting a video of yourself out there and showing people who you really are and vulnerable, like your all your vulnerabilities, that must have been a very scary step to, you know, press post on that first TikTok. Yeah, it was, especially because, you know, you just see people getting roasted online, like especially on TikTok, everyone's keyboard warriors and Mm. they just tear people to shreds. And I was really nervous that I was going to get negative feedback and that people were going to be really mean, but I think it's actually miraculous. I think one of my, like one of my videos has got like 450 comments or something on it and not one of them is negative. Like some of them are kind of like stupid, like, you know, people telling you to do dumb things, so, you know, to grow your hair back. But, I mean, I did dumb things. I put onion juice on my head, so who am I <laughs> But, um, you know, 
Like none of them are rude. None of them are mean. Like most of them are just people being like, thank you for sharing this. Like you make me feel better about myself or like, you know, this is really brave or whatever. Like, like overwhelmingly positive feedback and which really surprises me because the internet is a cruel place and I really wasn't expecting that. I was, I was kind of psyching myself up for people to be kind of, I guess, dicks about it really. Yeah. That's incredible. Yeah, I love that. Good old TikTok support. Yeah, and we don't got, get that TikTok support. No. Like we get comments like degenerates and all this. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, okay, <laughs> calm down. <laughs> we're, we're, trying, we're trying better in this TikTok game, but we're TikTok not is very just good. mean. Like yeah. Instagram's a bit better, but TikTok has just not been nice to us. No. We, we get a few random Instagram <laughs> messages and comments, though. And we're just like, what the fuck? <laughs> no, that's awesome that you're getting such positive feedback. Yeah. For sure. I did have one weird message though, but it wasn't on TikTok. It, like this guy slid into my DMs and told me that I was going to hell because um, like I should have just let myself go bald because that was what God intended. I was like, okay, mate. Oh, <laughs> wow. oh my God. That's a bit what? extreme. At least it's so extreme that you're like, mate, that doesn't even hurt my feelings. So that's just like way too extreme, man. Like, I, we, you and I do not have the same imaginary friends, mate. Like this is not my jam. <laughs> You should have just re- replied and been like, I was burnt in a past life, okay? Yeah, just like, I was a witch. I used to be a witch and I was burnt at the stake. Like, that's why I've got alopecia. Like, they told me. It's not the only reason I'm going to hell, okay? I'm also a heathen and I enjoy a lot of sex outside of wedlock. Thank you very much. I love that so much. Oh, so it. speaking of all your Instagram and TikToks and everything, tell the listeners where to find you because I'm sure they're sitting there being like, I want to watch all these videos. Mm. Yeah. Sure. So um, I just have a um, TikTok account uh, at Tree of Life Travel Midwife. So, yeah. And so that started, obviously, as a traveling midwife in um, TikTok. And then um, it's just kind of evolved into a bit of everything. So I still share my travel midwife stuff on there. And then lately, it's been mainly my alopecia stuff. Yeah. And one of your videos got 3.5 million views, which is absolutely wild. So crazy. Absolutely wild. I have a famous friend. Yeah. <laughs> Sophia. Honestly, it's so weird. It's actually so weird. I can't believe it. Well, I mean, you're changing lives. It's obviously something that a lot of people go through and don't speak about it. It's a very hidden taboo thing to talk about, but it it shows, you know, all these people are watching it. Even if they're not commenting, even if they're not saying anything, people are interested and people are watching it for a reason. And I think it's, yeah, really super powerful that you're doing this journey and having this journey for everyone else as well, as well as yourself, um, to work through all this and help you know, help the whole community because everyone's suffering with something. Yeah. And if you, you know, you suffer with something and you have the capacity and ability to help other people with that, then I think that's a perp- a huge purpose in life to do that. So I think that's awesome. We're proud of you, girl. Yeah. And I just wanted you yeah. to go over a little bit about, I know you just recently did an article with the a US, um, was it a US journalist that you did a, an article with? UK. UK. Yeah. And one in Australia as well. Amazing. Can you tell us a little bit about what you spoke to them about? Because we'll put that in the show notes as well, just so people can read a little bit more information about you as well. Yeah, it was my, it's basically kind of what I've spoken to you guys about. So what my journey was, where how I went from diagnosis to getting a topper, what the process of having a topper was like, um, you know, what that process of getting fitted was like. Um, yes, yeah, so they both found me by, by this TikTok 
um, this, you know, bar or TikTok. Um, yeah, so this UK um, lady just wanted to know all about diagnosis and, you know, what the process is um, to help other people. And I talked about the products that I use. I didn't talk about the salon because obviously they're in the UK. Um, and then the one in, this, in Australia, I was just talking more about the salon and the process so that if anyone wants to go through that same, same process, um, you know, they can get in touch with the salon that I went through and just talking about different options because obviously you have different options that when you're at different points in your life um, and depending on finances and all those kinds of things. So for a really long time, I could not afford to have a topper. So I don't want people to think, you know, to watch my videos and be disheartened and think, oh, this is like a privileged person who has money that can afford these solutions because for a long time I didn't have those options. Um, but there are other options as well. If, you know, you're not in a financial space or you're not in a mental space to be ready to do that either. There's lots of different things that you can do along the way. So I just want people to know that however they're choosing to manage their alopecia is, you know, that's the right decision for them. There is no right and wrong. And there's lots of different ways they can manage it. Amazing. Thank you so much. You're amazing, girl. Everyone, (laughs) add her on on TikTok, follow the journey, slide into her DMs and tell her that she's fabulous. Her and Sophia. Sophia and Nikita (laughs) are both fabulous. Oh, yes. Thank you no so much. God comments in the DMs, please. <laughs> yeah, no, no weird ass God ones. Okay, no, 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 no doing that. No, no, no. Oh well, thank you so much for sharing your time with us. I know you're in beautiful Cradle Mountain at the moment. You've got two nights to yes. explore, so you enjoy your little getaway. But thank you so much for yeah, just taking thank the you. time and talking to us today. Yeah, thanks so much, guys. See you next time. Bye. Hey, bye. <laughs>